we will never achieve real change if it's just based on this short-term initiative. And I say this often, that as with our physical health, we don't transform the health of our culture through short-term initiatives, but through changing our habits. We must change something we repeatedly do. Welcome to the Leading Transformational Change Podcast. Our passion is to help you lead and develop organizations with a remarkably healthy culture that can positively impact all of its stakeholders. Every other Thursday, we drop hour-long conversations with world-leading researchers and experts on culture, ethics, change, and leadership. My name is Tobias Dursson, and I'm your host and the co-founder of Heart Management. Hi everyone. On this podcast episode, we'll be doing something a bit different that I'm very excited about. Over the last several years, my team and I have been privileged to work with or have conversations with so many HR, ethics and compliance managers and other leaders who've needed to take the lead on a culture change or values initiative. They've often faced real issues, and I think you might recognize some of them, like patterns of toxic behavior, a lack of collaboration after a merger or acquisition, a culture of silence and a lack of psychological safety, and in some cases, even a total breakdown of trust after a scandal or a crisis. However, they've often found themselves frustrated with change initiatives that didn't give any lasting results and ensure where to start and how to move forward and feeling like culture is complex and fussy. Based on some of the most questions we received and the things that we've learned through our work and through the conversations we've been having on this podcast that are most critical for success, we decided to put together a free guide and resource to help, which we've called the six vital steps to leading lasting culture change and making values matter. And we're so excited to launch it with this podcast. In today's episode, my colleague Andreas Amlöf and I talk through in depth the six steps and touch on critical topics like how to align your leadership around a compelling culture vision, how to check the health of your culture, how to develop new leadership habits, and how to integrate your values. We believe and hope that this conversation will help you build a healthier culture in your organization. That's what this podcast and our work is all about. And to download your free PDF guide, Go to heartmanagement.org slash guide, heartmanagement.org slash guide. I'm sure you're going to find it helpful. But now, without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with my colleague, Andreas Anblerf. Hi, Andreas. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. I feel privileged to be back here as a, a temporary podcast host today. <laughs> you you absolutely should but we're we're very very happy to have you and I'm I'm glad not to to sit in the the interviewer's seat today however I guess I have to answer some questions so you will definitely still have, to, have work. to answer some questions that's for sure I was thinking that we could start this off a bit different maybe uh, I guess uh, men in the podcast have been listen, listening to you uh, a lot uh, but but I would like you to tell us something that the audience might not know about us about you yeah, so so of course, uh, it's, a, it's a great question, and it's a question we often ask 
groups of leaders when we meet them for the first time as a kind exactly. of uh, relaxed way to introduce themselves. And something that I often bring up is that I've been singing in front of about 100 or 200,000 people in Nigeria. So I think that's something most people wouldn't know about me. <laughs> and I think we'll have to come back to that in the musical episode that we will release further on. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a great cliffhanger. Yep, yep. Let's, let's just leave that there for today. But uh, Tobias, we have a release today, actually. Uh, we do. Management. Yeah, we do. And I'm very excited about it. Uh, would you like to tell us a bit about what it is? Yeah, so over, I mean, we, we get to every day work with leaders, HR and ethics and, and compliance leaders who are working to change culture in their organization and to see values being integrated and lived for real. And what we've been trying to do is to provide resources. And of course, this podcast is, is one of those resources that we provide and try to bring these conversations with leading thinkers and experts to help people think better about uh, changing their culture and building healthier cultures. And what we've tried to do now is to distill some of this knowledge, some of this information into a, a PDF guide. And, and it's a free resource that, that gives the reader uh, some of the, the key steps that we find uh, that, that we have learned are super important if you want to really be successful in, in changing your culture. So, so we really hope that it will be a helpful resource for someone who's thinking, perhaps I don't know where to start, I don't really know what to do. We see this issue and uh, we don't know how to get our leaders aligned around uh, taking it seriously or don't know how to get a better understanding of what the situation is or how to move forward with a clear process. So we're trying to answer some of those things in the guide. Fantastic. And and I, I guess uh, a lot of the material in the guide is partly uh, f from your conversation that you've kind of put together into this uh, these steps that we're going to talk about today. And, and, uh, and your interviews here has, has uh, you kind of packaged it into into one concept. Could you say that? Yeah. So so I would say that we really built it upon our experience getting to to support just so many different organizations whether it's it's startups and scale-ups or small medium and large multinational companies or non-profit and and or public organizations and helping them as they've been navigating whether it's been uh, perhaps us versus them mentality after a merger and acquisition or perhaps dealing with toxic behaviors or even a crisis of trust or yeah whatever situation they've been finding themselves in so we've been drawing from that experience and then at the same time drawing from just like you said so many other conversations that we've been having on this podcast and so much of the the incredible insights and, and learnings that we received from the the researchers and experts we've been fortunate to talk to so we like you said we try to distill that and of course it's just i mean there's so much you can say about this and there's so many incredible books that have been written on it and i'm, I'm working on my own <laughs> but but uh this is just kind of a, a small uh kind of some first steps or first introduction to understanding okay these are important steps to take based on what we've been been learning great looking forward to diving into them today 
you talk a lot, and, and I guess we at Heart Management, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the you uh, phrasing in this interview today. But you talk a lot about healthy culture um, and cultural health, and and what would you say cultural health or healthy culture means, and why should organizations pay attention to that and to their cultural health? Yeah, so we we worked a lot on that question and and trying to come up with a really simple definition of what a healthy culture is and. And what we've defined it as is that a healthy culture is a culture that enables mission success. It enables the organization to deliver on its mission and its strategy. And it enables a thriving workplace, a place where employees can can grow, develop, and do their best work. And that's an attractive workplace that can attract and retain the right talent. And it enables responsible impact that we can actually act and make decisions based on our most important values. So mission success, a thriving workplace, and responsible impact. So we think those three perspectives are super important, kind of the hallmarks of uh, a remarkably healthy culture. And all of them matter for a successful organization. And of course, there's so many different things that we could talk about in terms of what it means for recruiting employees, what it means for increasing customer satisfaction and loyalty, what it means to build trust with our different stakeholders, what it means around uh, enhancing continuous improvement and innovation and so on. So it's, it's really impacts the organization in so many different ways. But these are the three areas that we think are such important parts of a healthy culture. Yeah, and I, I know you you defined those three uh, areas that you just described in the in the guide as well, right? Correct. Nice. A study by the research firm um, HR research firm I I four CP uh, found that only fifteen percent of companies achieve the desired effect uh, of their culture change initiatives. Uh, why do you think uh, culture change initiatives so often fail? Yeah, so I think that there are so many different reasons to that. And and of course, there's many research reasons that they've shown in their study. Gartner has also done studies on this and shown different things. And part of it has to do with a lack of insight into the current culture and, and that we just assume that we understand uh, what what the, the health of our culture looks like or what our culture looks like. I think other things that we've seen in our work and that I think are seen in the studies as well is that there's a lack of leadership buy-in, there's a lack of focus. We try to go on too many different things and and we, we work with these meaningless values that, that don't mean anything and that we have a project mindset that we just think that we're doing this short-term initiative and that that in itself is going to transform our culture and that there's a lack of integrity that we say one thing but then we and and we say we want one thing but then we actually reward and and prioritize something different so i think those those different points are, are key points of an unhealthy or what what leads to uh unsuccessful culture change initiatives I mean, I've had the possibility to read the guide before this interview, and, and in the PDF you talk about six essential steps uh, to successful culture change. Uh, and I think we're going to just go through them all today in this interview and, and let you talk about what the, what they mean. Um, and step one talks about the importance of setting a culture vision. Uh, could you explain that a bit? What, what does that mean? 
Yeah, so in our work, we've realized that so many times the key issue is that the senior management team team are not really aligned and on board around what are we trying to do here? What is this culture change about? Why are we going into this? Or even having a shared understanding of what culture is and how it impacts the organization. And what then often happens is that they try to relegate it to HR or ethics and compliance. And and they'll say, okay, you can start this project, but when other priorities come up, they're going to lose interest in it. So what, what we've seen is that by gathering the senior management team very early on in the process and having what we call a culture vision workshop, where we uh, give them some information before the workshop to reflect on culture, to give some of their thoughts and insights on culture, and then really look at what culture means, what in their current culture is enabling or hindering their health and their success and and what change they want to see and why it matters and what might be what might enable or hinder us to be successful with those change efforts. So by by doing that and creating that alignment at the start, and sometimes that happens in just one workshop, sometimes it needs some some more time to really work those issues through. But by not skipping that step, but getting clear on that together as a senior management team, we see that you have a much, much better position to be able to actually be successful with your change efforts. And, and you uh, start building this understanding of, of what are we really trying to do and what is culture? Because I think so many times our misconceptions around culture hinders us from really understanding what it takes to see change happen. For example, if we think and believe that if we just go out and announce a new set of values, things are going to change, we are going to be disappointed. Uh, so, so I think that's such an incredible part of it as well. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, we many times, I, I experience at least, talk to HR professionals that are in the situation, they are going to start uh, to work on their culture, but they are they they don't have their management team team on board and and the the knowledge about culture is so different um do you have any like thoughts or or, or tips to those who who want to get their management team on board where where there is a a kind of a misunderstanding that this isn't strategically important for our organization yeah so what what i think is is that don't let your kind of uh, senior management team colleagues get off the hook there. Don't don't accept the idea that you're just going to do this kind of short-term project that you as an HR leader will will just lead on your own without really their buy-in. So, so I think that's a thing, but kind of push back to really, so what does this mean for us? Why is this important? And, and ask everyone individually. And I, I think one of our clients did something really smart. She took the time to sit down with everyone on the senior management team before this culture vision workshop and, and just ask them about how they experienced the culture at the organization, what they saw was helping or hindering and, and their understanding of culture. And I think that also really helped to build that buy-in at an early point. That's great. And I think that's a really helpful tip for, for, for many people out there. So thank you for that. Uh, let's move on. Step number two relates to checking the health of the culture. Uh, how can organizations do that in an efficient way? 
So I, I think it's really important to start by saying that great leaders don't just assume that their culture is healthy or that they know their culture, but they take the time to assess strengths, weaknesses, and potential vulnerabilities. And when we talk about checking the health of our culture, I think it's an area that can feel really complex. And of course, depending on the size of your organization, it, it might be easier or harder. But really what I think we want to do is to ensure that we get unfiltered data from the organization, that we don't just focus on quantitative data, but that we get the qualitative data, that we get the stories from uh, our organization, the real understanding of how culture is experienced within the organization. And I, I had a, a conversation on a recent podcast with uh, Don Saul at... at uh, MIT, who's, who's talked a lot about this importance of getting that qualitative data. So I think that's an important part. And, and in our work, we normally use a combination of interviews, workshops, and surveys. And, and then, of course, it's really important to ask the right and relevant questions and really get to the heart of the things that people see lead to success, the behaviors that lead to success within the organization and how we, how we incentivize behaviors and what behaviors we might turn a blind eye to and how we deal with bad behaviors. And, and then to uh, sort that data in a way, and of course, in a big organization, you might need to use AI technology and so on to be able to do that in an efficient way but to be able to then highlight the, the main themes that you see and, and get some ex excerpts from the, the quotes from what people have been, been saying. And we've seen in our work that normally people are very willing to really give their input in, in these type of surveys and then be as transparent as possible in, in communicating into the organization. But then, and of course this connects into our, our next step here, getting clear on what you should focus on to, to actually be effective in, in your culture change efforts. Yeah, we're going to jump into that soon, but I just want to ask you another question about uh, checking the health. Uh, if, if someone is sitting out there listening and thinking, oh, that, that sounds dangerous to, to, to ask uh, the employees in, in our organization what they actually think about our culture, and, and, and I'm thinking about the, 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 the open questions uh, that you're talking about, uh, what would you say to them? No, I, I would say that it is dangerous if you're not planning to actually do something with the material you get in, uh, with the, the material you collect. So, so of course, if you're just planning to to just do it and then put it in 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 your in uh, yeah in some some uh, drive somewhere, it's it's going to be dangerous because of course you start creating this kind of uh, hope that that people are going to be listened to. Then on the other hand, the way you communicate around it and how are you going to use the data and what actions you're going to take based on it, uh, the way you communicate that early on can, of course, help creating the right expectations. So you don't create the expectations that now we're going to do something about everything that comes up here, uh, but that we're going to focus on something that we see here, we can really make a difference. And then also because the, the culture assessment should not just be about what are the 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 things that you need to develop or your weaknesses or vulnerabilities but it's also about really seeing your strengths and and of course so that's really important as well to to bring that out so that that is also something that can really strengthen the organization going forward and i also think about the very human thing that when we do something like that and get the result it's so easy to focus on the negatives uh, and miss out on the positives just as you're saying there and 
I think that 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 perspective is really important to really highlight the strengths and and see those as well because they are in in every organization as well. So true. So true. And I guess as you say, you can't address everything that comes up uh, in a, in a survey like this and in a, a, a culture audit as we call it. And I guess that brings us pretty natural as to step number three, uh, the importance of setting a clear focus. Uh, could you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, so I, I think that a divided focus has killed all too many change initiatives. And I think yeah. so many times when we, we, and I think that's typically of what happens after employee engagement service, that, that leaders will make lists of all these different actions that we're going to take. But then time goes and suddenly we put that assessment aside and or that survey aside and we're not actually doing anything about those actions what we see is really important and this builds on research around keystone behaviors and and i think it's been been done some really great work on that by uh katzenbach the katzenbach center and so on 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 using these keystone behaviors in really driving change but to to focus on one to three things that are really imperative for the organization. And you can think about what are the most important cultural drivers to achieve your mission and strategy, build a thriving workplace and have a responsible impact. And where is the potential impact high and the difficulty of implementation low? So those might be two good questions to ask yourself, but getting really clear on those one to three things that you will focus on as an organization. And again, of course, your, your culture might look very different in different parts of the organization. So you might also be very tempted to just let it be whatever each department or unit wants to work on. And, and while there's some merit to that, while there's some merit to looking at some specific issues and, and not just using broad strokes to, to get everyone to do the same thing, I think it's also important to find something that you can get aligned around as an organization, where here we are going to put a focus on developing our culture together. And, and uh, we think that in, in the, the culture assessment, we listen to the whole organization as much as possible. And of course, in a very large organization that might not sometimes not be possible or, or, or preferable. So you might choose some, some subset or representation of the organization, but that when it comes to setting the focus, we think that that's really the, the leadership's job, but the leadership might see that, okay, we should listen to different stakeholders to get their input on what the best focus is, which could be really advisable. Uh, so, so, but setting that clear focus is absolutely imperative to really get some strength behind your change initiative. And, and, and just saying something on that as well, I mean, in a, in an interview, I think some, some year or years ago, uh, with the late Edgar Schein that we had on, on, on this podcast, he talked about that, that so many times we, we might just, uh, think that an organization should totally change its culture, but that that is like asking a person to change their entire personality, which is, it's a, it's a big and impossible ask, but everyone can change some behavior. So getting focused on what those are is really, really important. Yeah. Thank you, Tobias. That's super, super helpful. Uh, I was just thinking of one, one thing that can, can there be, cause now we're talking about setting this focus and the, and the big strategic areas, can there be smaller things that comes up in the culture assessment that still is important to address that might not necessarily represent a big amount of people that have experiences of it or, or, or things like that. Yeah. So, so 
I think that there can be things like that that are not necessarily the things that most people see, but that are some things that are still important to address. And I think typical examples of that could be, for example, aspects or elements of toxic culture, uh, because where we have those elements, they might impact the, the, the organization in a big way. And we don't, and, and again, we, we talked uh, to Don Sol about that and about their research on that. And for example, when we talk about non-inclusive behavior or disrespectful behavior or cutthroat culture and so on. So I think those might be really important to address, even though they might not be something that a, a large majority of the organization have personally experienced. But we often find that even though they might not have experienced it, they uh, react on that it's not dealt with in a good way. So I think it still many times impact the culture in a rather significant way. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, the next step in the PDF talks about the importance of making values meaningful. Uh, and I'm sure that many of our listeners have experienced the opposite of meaningful values. I know I have uh, in previous work life. And uh, what do you see as important here when it comes to making values meaningful? I mean, there's many different things that we could say here. And I, I think an important thing to say is that values that they cannot and, and sh we should not think that they can give us answers to everything, but they should help us. And, and, and they should also never be a shield that should protect us against criticism or just be something that we hold up with this inspiring words on a poster. But what they should do is to help us have robust conversations about the dilemmas and paradoxes that we face within our organization and, and, and around questions like, should we recruit this person? Should we purchase from this supplier? Should we integrate this technology? What behavior should we promote and celebrate and, and so on? And, and so, so I think that's really an important starting point that that's what the values are for, to help us set the right priorities, make the right decisions, and also, or make better decisions, I would say, and, and also uh, to focus in on what behavior should we encourage and what should we not condone? What should we never turn a blind eye to? So getting very clear on what behaviors we're after, I think is really, really important. And, and are there are some things that we talk about in the guide, for example, to ask yourself, are the values clear? Can employees apply them to their daily work? Are they critical? Are you willing to stand by them even when it gets costly? Because values that aren't allowed to cost us something aren't worth anything either. And are they real? Are they a true representation of our culture or critical aspirations for the future? Or are they merely a few nice sounding words? So I think there's uh, some, some really helpful content there. But thinking about behaviors, thinking about helping us have important conversations about what we should prioritize, I think that's a really helpful starting point. Really good. Thank you. Um, I'm just thinking, is, is there some specific group in the organization? I mean, perhaps you have a, a large organization with a lot of white color workers and a lot of blue color workers. Is there someone specific you should have in mind? I, I think that you should have everyone in mind. And, and sometimes it might be really important to get specific on what does this mean for for uh, employees, what does it mean for managers within this organization? And I think sometimes as well, I mean, or, or I would say it's always important to contextualize it and understand what does this mean, whether you're working on the factory floor or sitting answering phones or you're a salesperson and, and so on. But, but they should be relevant to everyone, but they have to be contextualized. 
the fifth step is something I know you're very passionate about, and that is at the heart of what we work uh, with here at Heart Management. And it's the idea of training new leadership habits. Uh, why would you say that that is important and how can leaders go about it? We will never achieve real change if it's just based on this short-term initiative. And I, I say this often that as with our physical health, we don't transform the health of our culture through short-term initiatives, but through changing our habits. We must change something we repeatedly do. So, so that's so, so, so important. And, and we've identified four habits that are just imperative for leaders to send the right signals into the organization about what culture and what values we want to see here. And, and, and I talk about them shortly within the guide to get humble, to get clear, to get listening, to get integrity. And there's so much we could say about that. But, but, I, but I think, and, and I foresee this research uh, show that as well, that if we're not focusing on changing leaders' behaviors and what they repeatedly do, we're not going to be successful with our efforts. So, so, so in our approach, we really put a lot of focus on that and really uh, on, on working with leadership and working with the developing and integrating these habits and doing that over a longer time. So because what I think as well then is that the organization becomes a lot more apt to deal with whatever culture challenges they will face in, in half a year or a year as we're navigating this like VUCA world. So, so I think that's super important. Yeah, and I know from our conversations uh, over breakfast and lunch uh, that we did, that you're really, really passionate about this. And I, I just want to encourage you, you should probably write a book about it. I, I actually have, <laughs> and, and it will, it will be come out to the world next year. So, so we're, we're, we're excited about that. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the sixth and last step in the PDF is uh, to integrate values. Uh, it's easy to talk about values, uh, but it's much it's much harder to to live by them. Uh, what would you suggest that leaders do uh, here? Yeah, so I think that uh, we so easily end up in in what Uri Gnisi, an economist and behavioral uh, expert that we had on this podcast as well, talked about that we so easily get into this mixed signals where we say we value one thing, but then we incentivize something else. And in our work with integrating, and, and, and it's important to say that we talk about integrating, not just implementing or marketing values, because I think that's what, what so many times organizations do. They define new values, and then they think the work is to market them or perhaps implement them in some way. But integrating them means to get them into the fiber of our everyday conversations, everyday decisions, and how we actually run our organization. So, so we focus a lot on thinking about stories, rituals, incentives, and processes. So stories, it's really about the stories of heroes and villains that shape our organization. It's about the message that goes out into the organization of what we celebrate here and there of course senior leadership has plays an important role but everyone is is a part of that rituals is incredibly important and that has to do with the uh, things we repeatedly do where we build relationships where we create the team and and really we see meetings as such important rituals that uh, you, at some point when we work with culture change we always come to the place that we need to rethink 
the meetings and rethink the agendas of the meetings to integrate conversations on values. So that is really important. And then incentives and processes, ensuring, as we talked about, that we actually put our money where our mouth is, that we incentivize behavior that is in line with our values, with the change that we want to see, and that we have processes that are aligned. And of course, we, we would maybe typically think about HR processes, which are very important, like recruitment, like onboarding, like performance management. But there are, of course, also so many other processes, like budget processes, like, yeah, uh, design processes, for example, in a tech company or whatever it might be, depending on what industry that we're in. So, so working with alignment, and of course, that takes time. And, and it also shows, again, back to the first step, how important it is that we have everyone in the senior management on board, uh, that the chief financial officer, and I'm, I'm speaking to chief financial officers next week, which I think is so exciting that they actually want to think and reflect on on culture and the the chief operating officer and 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 the marketing officer and so on that all of them look at their processes and so on and ensure that they're reflecting and actually being driven and based on the values yeah i'm just thinking of a quote that i hear you say a lot of times and that is actually in the guide as well that values that aren't allowed to cost us something aren't worth anything either uh, and I just think that's so profound uh, when it comes to, to integrating values and and, um, and the parts you're you're talking about here. And I mean, many times we see that IT and, and financial departments might be big culture drivers in organizations. So, would would you like to elaborate anything about on that quote? No, but I, I I just think that it's really at the point. And if you think about this from a personal perspective, and and I guess that's a, a great great place to 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 land in this conversation as well. That that when we think about our our own values, that it's really at the point where we have to sacrifice something for it, where we have to give up something because we believe that there's a better future ahead if we now choose something that might feel inconvenient. I think everyone who's a parent. Can, can identify with, with that struggle and with that wrestle. And I think the same is true about an organization. It's at the point where we choose because we believe something is in, in the long term is going to be more, uh, yeah, help us build that, as we talked about, that mission success, thriving workplace, that, uh, that responsible impact. For example, it might be dealing with a behavior that right now for me as a leader, I don't want to say something about because it's uncomfortable, but choosing to do it anyway. I think that's really what it's about. So good. Uh, so thank you so much for taking us through the the six steps uh, that the guide contains. And, and uh, of course, this is not an extensive list of every step that a culture change of over the culture change process, but uh, why did you choose to highlight these these steps? So I, I think we chose to highlight these steps because we see them as just narrative for success, but that there are also things that are often overlooked. So so we wanted to bring them up, and and we we've been thinking about the many HR ethics and compliance leaders and other leaders that we've been sitting down with that have felt confused, that have felt frustrated, but at the same time are in a place of needing to lead and drive this work within their organization. And, and I've just been thinking about, so what are some of the first things that I want them to know? And I think that's why we cho chose these specific steps. Fantastic. 
So I'm I'm a podcast listener. I'm sitting here. I'm uh, at the edge of my seat, and I just want to know where do I find this guide, Tobias? So please, and and I'm I'm sure we've we've hopefully said this in the introduction as well, but please go to heartmanagement.org/guide. Heartmanagement.org/guide, and and you get it for free. There's there's no strings attached, apart from that you'll get emails from us with with updates on this podcast and what we're learning and 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 uh, yeah so some of other things that we're want to to give you as thoughts on how you can improve and and strengthen your capability to lead culture change and build a healthy culture within your organization and you can of course unsubscribe at any time so so please get the guide and we would love to hear from you and connect on linkedin and tell us what you're learning, what you're thinking, and what perhaps we should include in the guide in the future. That's great. Thank you so much, Tobias. I'm going to let you off the hook now uh, with all the questions, but I think you've done good. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Andreas. <laughs> good job. And, and I, I think we might uh, give you the uh, let you keep doing the interviews. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right. Thank you so much, Tobias, and have a great evening. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, it really means the world to us if you would share, rate, and review it on iTunes. We're super grateful for all the five-star reviews and generous comments that we've received so far. It really helps us take the message of purpose and integrity to a wider audience. And finally, don't forget to grab your free PDF on leadingtransformationalchange.com. See you in two weeks.